Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 28th of May 2012. So I always get this part out of the way at the beginning of the broadcast and that is to tell you to make use of the website CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com because there's so much on it. There's over a thousand audios for free download where you can start to understand the big system uh, that runs the world. It's run the world for a long, long time. It has intelligence, it has purpose, it has foundations, organizations, armies of non-governmental organizations, and how they're bringing the world into a global society, all-inclusive, as they say, although they have certain things they must push more than others, and you're living through that part right now. So help yourself to that, understand the history of the men who got together a long time ago to set up a world government, basically. And not only a government, but to bring in eugenics with it along the way, to create a dysfunctional society that wouldn't marry, mate, and have offspring, and then eventually through science and various other techniques they'd bring in the perfect society to serve them. Because after all, that's the purpose of the general population. You know, the proles, the, the masses, etc., etc. Help yourself to that and you'll start to understand what's really going on today because everything, everything is planned. You cannot have any changes in culture unless it's authorized from the top. That's why they stamp out grassroots movements. You can't get financing anyway for anything truly grassroots. And while you're at that too, remember too that you are the audience that bring me to you because I don't bring on advertisers and sponsors as guests. I don't sell you anything that will make you live forever. And I just sell the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And as we all know, with inflation and everything else, and of course the Federal Reserve and other central banks have said they've got a earmarked 10 years of inflation, uh, annual inflation for the next 10 years. That's the supposed way to get off this awful mess that they've got us into. So, as you know, the uh, donations, etc., uh, are uh, not worth so much as it used to be, and it's up to you to keep it going if you like what you hear on this particular broadcast. So you can buy the books and just remember at cuttingthroughthematrix.com and from the U.S. to Canada, you can still use personal checks or international postal money orders from the post office or you can send cash and you can also use PayPal. You'll find out how to do it at cuttingthroughthematrix.com and across the world, you've got Western Union, MoneyGram and PayPal once again. Remember, straight donations are really, really welcome at this uh, Time of uh, international crisis, put it that way. <laughs> so, we're living through a planned agenda, a planned society, and there are no sides to this. There are no sides. There's appearance of sides, but there's only one agenda. And you actually need sides. You need opposition to create arguments to get the whole ball of wax going. Otherwise, we'd, we'd sit in stagnation and they wouldn't get their big agenda through. So, you always have left wing and right wing. Uh, doing a lot of uh, mouthing off towards each other, but basically uh, is to get you all on board 
towards this thing called change. Change for the 21st century, the century of change, as they call it in academia, where they hope to fulfill their, their very old ambition to bring in the planned world society and uh, eventually uh, do away with uh, nations altogether, has pretty well done in some countries like Europe, and of course we're even using crisis to further integrate and destroy individual sovereignty. They've got to eliminate the, any vestige of sovereignty. They're already teaching children in Europe that, that, that everything began with the European Union. Before that, there was no history, apparently. Uh, that's the, the old communist technique as well. But, of course, people don't know about that these days because they're not taught about the negative parts of communism. They're taught how wonderful it was to, for the people, you know, the people to, to run their country. What a joke that was. You know, they never got a chance to run their country, even the Soviet Union. Back with more after this. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. We're back cutting through the matrix. We really are at the very bottom. Even mainstream newspapers, which is all controlled, controlled by the globalists, the same guys that set up international banks, which lend to countries, they own the papers, and they always have done, uh, to make sure that news is standardized. And when they tell you something, there's never any anything uh, harmful about what they're going to tell you, and harmful to those who rule, that is. And so every so often they, they tell us the same things over and over, which has the effect of condi- conditioning us really to self-police. It's a technique they use uh, at the top. And, of course, uh, you have Sunstein and others talking about self-policing. This to be a big one as, we, as, as time goes on here, where we watch our P's and Q's, basically. In curse and swear, that's okay. But we know we're all being monitored big, big time. Governments have always done this, by the way. Before the Internet, they had thousands of people employed as spies all through major cities across Europe, including London. London had over 5,000 spies just inside London itself. And um, their job was to ground bars and cafes and just listen to to chitter-chatter, just gossip, basically, to see if the newspaper articles were taking on the people. In other words, were they taking the the points to argue about? That's what the media is really there for. And same with television articles, BBC, would they argue about these points as they're supposed to? It keeps them from arguing about other things that really matter. So we're, we're managed, we're perfectly managed at the bottom. And Internet's actually easier now to manage us uh, for the big boys because they monitor everything and they use all of your tax, well, not all of your tax money, uh, but a lot of your tax money goes towards monitoring all of you, every single one of you. So everyone is important because someone, doesn't matter who it is, might suddenly one day have an aha moment and clue into something and say something that is almost like a psychic thing coming out of their mouth and they realize that they've, that they've broken through into some kind of strange truth. And I've said a taboo thing, you see. And the taboo thing is, is matched by Enchilon. It picks up these words and, and the flags go up, you see. Uh, it's all computerized too. And so they can afford to get, tell us this every year to help us self-please ourselves so that we don't use these particular words. It's part of the training process. And it says, revealed hundreds of words to avoid using online if you don't want the government spying on you. Well, they're spying on you whether you like it or not. All the time, everyone. And they include pork, cloud, and Mexico, it says here. 
So those who want to sell, please can stop using the words. Because it's, we use these words every day, don't we? Pork, you know, you, you, you obviously do that yourselves. Cloud uh, in Mexico, right? But it says the Department of Homeland Security has been forced to release a list of keywords and phrases it uses to monitor social networking sites and online media for signs of terrorist or other threats against the U.S. Pork. Sorry, oh, I just flagged it again. The intriguing uh, uh, the list uh, includes ob- obvious choices such as attack, Al-Qaeda. Now, you're using words that are on the news every day, obviously. Al-Qaeda, attack, terrorism, dirty bomb. Because that's where we get it all from as the media, alongside dozens of seemingly innocent words like pork, cloud, team, and Mexico. It says, uh, released under the Freedom of Information request, information sheds new lights on how government and analysts are instructed to patrol the Internet, searching for domestic and external threats. The words are, are included in the department's 2011 analyst desktop binder, and I'll give you the link for that too if you want yourself, please yourself used by workers at the National Operations Centre, which instructs workers to identify media reports that reflect adversely on DHS and response activities. Department chiefs were forced to release the manual following a House hearing over documents obtained through a Freedom of Information Act lawsuit, which revealed how analysts monitor social networks and media organisations for comments that reflect adversely on the government. However, they insist the practice was aimed not at policing the Internet for disparaging remarks about the government and signs of general dissent, but to provide awareness of any potential threats. How can pork be a threat? Unless eh? to the beef industry. As well as terrorists, uh, terrorism, analysts are instructed to search for evidence of unfolding natural disasters, public threats, and serious crimes such as male school shootings, major drug busts, illegal immigrant busts, and so on. Well, they've already got that information when they do the busts. The list has been posted online by Electronic Privacy Information Centre, a privacy watchdog group who filed a request under the Freedom of Information Act before suing to obtain the release of the documents. I like how you have to sue them to get that under this open government transparency stuff. In a letter to the House of Homeland Security Subcommittee on Counterterrorism and Intelligence, the centre described the choice of words as broad, vague and ambiguous. And it points out that it includes the vast amounts of First Amendment protected speech that is entirely unrelated to the Department of Homeland Security mission to protect the public against terrorism and disasters. Well, of course, they are, they, they want to keep the pulse on the public. If they used words like, you know, terrorist words like uh, First Amendment and uh, Constitution, uh, and they're actually told this, by the way, even down to the police level, uh, then the person could be a, a potential terrorist. So anything that's legal is terroristic. Anything that's, that hasn't been written, put down, like the new system you're all living under, is, is therefore good. It's good. A senior Homeland Security official told the Huffington Post that the manual is a starting point, not the end game in maintaining situational awareness of natural and man-made threats, and denied that the government was monitoring signs of dissent, which of course they are, and of course the man's a liar, because that's their job, is to lie to the public. However, the agency admitted that the language used was vague and in need of updating. So uh, the whole lot, the whole list of words that, that, from this particular manual, there are lots more that they are not telling me about, of course. And it's not just the words, it's the way that you, you phrase them in sequence with other words. But uh, that's only one system. There's tiers and tiers of systems going after different things, as you should all know by now. Now, 
it's funny because the U.S. signed it, uh, this closer ties pact with, with Israel, and now Israel's doing a closer pact thing with China, which is good politics if you're taking care of your own people. And that's how countries should, generally should be, except for the ones who are just throwing away their sovereignty. It says, after a prolonged chill, security ties between Israel and China are warming up, with Israel offering much-needed technical expertise and China representing a huge new market and influential voice in the international debate over Iran's nuclear program, the two nations have stepped up military cooperation as they patch up a rift caused by a pair of failed arms deals scuttled by the U.S. The improved ties have been highlighted by this week's visit to Beijing by Israel's military chief and a training mission to Israel by the Chinese paramilitary force that, amongst other things, uh, polices the rest of Tibetan and Muslim Uyghur regions. Uh, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu is expected to travel to China in the coming weeks. Part of the, the thing is weaponry, because Israel and China are big in selling uh, weaponry to different conflicts. After the meeting Monday, both China's Chief of Staff General Shen Bingde and his Israeli counterpart Lieutenant General Benny Gantz hailed the growing ties and held the possibility of even closer military cooperation. So I'll put this one up tonight too, and... You know, Africa, Africa will never ever be given uh, any particular type of, of freedom. They, they get this, this, uh, let's change it really from one bunch of gangsters to the other to serve uh, the world's elites. It's been like that for an awful long time. And, and far be it from cracking down on corruption, the West fosters corruption in Africa. That way they're kept pretty helpless. And they'll never ever have money shared to the poor. That's why we're all getting money taken from us to throw at Africa. There's so much corruption it never ends up where it's supposed to go. But it could pretty well stand on its own, no problem at all, with incredible wealth and resources that Africa has. But the West will, well not just the West, uh, uh, just our countries involved, will never allow it. Because they're scoffing too much of the profits themselves. This is a Ghanaian national, Kingsley Atta Gensea, is caught with seven kilograms of gold worthy of U.S. $325,000. And a policeman's wife causes mayhem and a death of Shamra over an illegal gold deal that's gone sour. An Israeli man, Shmuel Kanan Klein, flies into Harare in the morning and a few hours later is caught at the Harare International Airport carrying $2 million in diamonds. It's all looted, of course. Just a few weeks earlier, a crack police unit arrests Israeli and, and Russian nationals. They're not brought together because we've got a lot in common, Russians and Israeli. At a house in Folion, Crescent and Glen Lorne, Harari linked to dealings in diamonds and other pressure minerals. Two high-ranking cabinet ministers are implicated in the deals. It says, these are just but four recent examples of how everything isn't as it should be in the pressure minerals sector. They're just a tip of the iceberg. Last year, the Reserve Bank of Zimbabwe Governor Gideon Gono told Parliament that the country was losing up to $400 million U.S. yearly through the smuggling of precious minerals, mainly gold. And the figure could be grossly underestimated. It takes only three Ghanaians like Kinsley, Atta, Genzaya to smuggle out $1 million worth of gold. So they're, they're really getting raked as, as ever. And I can never see it changing there. It won't be allowed. 
This is an investigative report by the sister paper Zimbabwe Independent last year showed that the country was bled of nearly $500 million by mining syndicates involved in under-invoicing, smuggling and general lack of quality policing by state agents in the gold and mineral section of the police. Port said the mines uh, register was a shambles as many small and medium-sized miners remained unregistered and therefore operated outside the law. Their production figures were not captured in national statistics and more often than not, they traded their minerals clandestinely. According to report, uh, then Mines and Mining Development Ministry, Permanent Secretary, his name is Thankful Musakutua, uh, told Parliament that most Chinese small-scale miners extracting chrome in the Great Dyke were not registered with the ministry due to loopholes in the country's laws. And these are all put in purpose, all these loopholes. It made it easy for them to smuggle the mineral out. And the Centre for Research and Development Director, Fira Magua, has reported in a report saying the practice of smuggling and under-invoicing was rampant in the country. These companies have the blessings of senior politicians. They pay rent to senior politicians and nothing to the fiscus. So it goes into the different mafiosa. There's no Italians here, of course, but it's the mafiosa, Russian, Israeli, and even Chinese as well, various uh, Tong gangs, etc., triads. Back with more after this. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and we're cutting through the matrix. It's amazing how many people in Hollywood and in the music industry go into all the, the, the cultish stuff. You see, it's almost mandatory but you get into the cultish stuff, uh, like the, the, the OTO, of course, which is a sort of Freemasonic branch for, for people and, and act, actors and actresses, musicians to go into. Alistair Crowley, of course, was a big cheese at one time and his name became rather infamous around the world. But, um, the OTO was on the go long before Crowley took over it, but uh, it can help your career, certainly, if you go into the mystic stuff and start prattling it off in front of Oprah like Madonna does, and it really gives it a big boost, the, mystic, the mysticism, and, of course, the, it's quite explicit. If you go into proper Kabbalah, it's, it's, it's very, very um, explicit in many different ways, even sexually, very, very explicit indeed. But anyway, Madonna is off to the Holy Land to kick off the world tour because she's really into the Kabbalah now, so she chose Israel to, to kick it off. And it says, uh, Madonna arrives at Macy's Herald Square, New York. And then Israelis are gearing up to get down at Madonna's show as the pop diva landed in the Holy Land last uh, Friday, May the 25th, ahead of her world tour, which kicks off here next week. And it says... Um, so it says, uh, the material girls, of course, where will you go for material, but, but to Israel, materialism, girls motorcade entered the Tel Aviv Dan ho- uh, Hotel parking lot on Friday as guards shielded the superstar from the media. And the fans are dressing up as a superstar at Modessa, at Madonna, theme parties in Tel Aviv clubs and bars. It says that she isn't Jewish, but she's adopted the Hebrew name of Esther and studies Jewish mysticism, which really is a travesty uh, in Judaism if you did that for for a woman, number one, uh, and if you're not really uh, Hasidic and you haven't done up to the age of 40, supposed to read the Talmud and the the Torah before you go on to, to reading Kabbalah. Anyway, uh, says she is known here as Queen Esther, and the Israel media announced that she that, that the Queen has arrived. She is expected to visit holy sites in Israel ahead of the MDNA World Tour that will kick off May the 31st in Tel Aviv. So, 
But she's been on a lot of programs in the T in the US pushing uh, Kabbalah basically and how you can bring magic down to yourself and all that stuff and a lot more if you actually go into it, which she obviously wouldn't know <laughs> what it's all about in reality. But it's true, you have to study all of it if you want to understand any of it. And here's an article too. It says, um, just because you were once the most powerful nation on earth doesn't mean that you'll always be the most powerful nation on earth. Every single year, hundreds of billions of dollars leave the United States and goes to China. This enormous transfer of wealth has a dramatic effect in both countries. In case you haven't noticed, many of our formerly great manufacturing cities, such as Detroit, are rotting away while shining new factories and skyscrapers are going up all over China. If you go into any major retail store today and start turning over products, you'll find that hundreds of them have been made in China and that very few of them have been made in America. As a nation, we buy far, far more than China, uh, from China than they buy from us. As a result, China is absolutely swimming in cash, and they have been looking for things to do with all the money. One thing that China has done is loan the U.S. government over a trillion dollars, and this has given the Chinese a tremendous amount of leverage over us. China has also started to buy up businesses, real estate, and natural resources all over America. This kind of economic colonization is similar to what China has already been doing in Africa, South America, and Australia, and they really have. The formula is actually very simple. We send them our money and they use it to buy us. With each passing day, China ownership over America grows and it's frightening to think about where all of this could end. And then they give you 45 signs that China is colonizing America to do with all the different deals that's going on, including one of them is the Federal Reserve announced uh, this month that it has given approval for banks owned by the Chinese government to buy stakes in U.S.-owned banks. And Reuters reported that China is now able to completely bypass Wall Street and purchase U.S. debt directly from the U.S. Treasury Department. That's a first, for I think, for most countries to get that uh, privilege, whatever you want to call it. A recent investigation by the U.S. Senate Committee on Armed Forces found more than one million counterfeit Chinese parts in the defense uh, Department of Defense supply chain. How in the world could we be so stupid? Well, if the planes are running, I guess, and somebody's, you see so much corruption inside the forces too, and all the departments order, and so, just like Africa. That's how the world is running today, you know. Everything, everything's utterly corrupt. Uh, in fact, if China stopped making all the counterfeit parts, I guess all the air forces would be grounded. UN creates a, a new, more powerful global environmental agency. So they give themselves the power to make, be more powerful. In other words, getting ready, of course, for the for the Air Summit in Rio de Janeiro. That's the second part. Where, if you think that Agenda 21 and the Millennium Project with the Millennium Goals was bad, what do you see this one? Because this put the cap on everything. We'll all be utter slaves, and this is just uh, no bones about it. So it says in June at the end of the year, our summit Rio de Janeiro, the United Nations will push for the expansion of their new and improved global environmental agency. The UN Environmental Programme, which is UNEP, will be promoted to a specialised agency with a new title, UN Environmental Organisation. That's a massive umbrella organisation of it. Uh, so the UNEO will prop up the Sustainable Development Division of the United Nations, the same agency that disseminates Agenda 21 policies to governments will be centralized into global agency with power international, powerful international backing. As the unscientific assertions of global environmental crisis vanishing, that biodiversity and overpopulation become more urgent to the UN, the insertion of international governance is being covertly added 
into the mix as the answer to solve all problems worldwide. And that's to bring the peasantry down, to bring in the, the utopia about the year 2050 when we're all gone. Back with more after this. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I'm back cutting through the matrix and I've talked often about this world being so degraded because we are degraded now. We, like it or not, look around you. Look at what's called entertainment. Look at what's all over the net for people to watch. And of course they, they just can't stop these terrible things on the net. Even they can't even stop spam supposedly. I'm sure that the big boys send it out themselves. There's going to be a lot of reasons for spam. But, um, and they can halt anybody and stop anybody in their tracks and pull you off. But they just can't find the spammer supposedly. And apart from that, the spam makes no sense at all, does it? Really, the silly names that they have and all that. Nobody would open the things in this day and age, but uh, it's going to have another another purpose, and that'll come out down the road, I'm sure. However, society is is degraded, and we've watched so really since the 60s, everything go down, everything go down, all the culture, as it was planned to go down, because remember too, the dissolution of marriage was one of the main tenets of the, the, the Communist Manifesto, uh, the Rees Inquiry found out that the big foundations owned by the international bankers and, and from Wall Street and elsewhere were funding all the far, far left communistic groups within the United States. And the, the goal, they were told in an inquiry, was to unite the two systems together. And then, of course, we know that the Soviet system was to, apparently to disappear. Even Lenin said that the dictatorship would last about a generation and then disappear. And then they'd, they'd move into the next phase of world. The world is coming together. Not quite capitalist, not quite communist, as is said. And um, so that they're using as socialism, this term socialism, and the proper uh, t- uh, really definition of it, the Fabian Society definition of uh, basically killing off people that are unfit to live, as they call it. And we've seen that being brought in legally in various other ways, mass abortions, and eventually it's down to, it's even down to poverty. Poverty, well, why should you have a child if you're poor? And etc. It just doesn't stop, but we're into this new system. And part of it, too, is to break down all morality. That had to be done. And we've all been degraded if we've watched enough horror movies over the years, never mind the war movies, to to desensitize everyone to actual slaughter and bloodshed. We think nothing of it. And that's why we think nothing of the real wars that go on. And we don't really care about those who get blown up by these these drones, these impersonal drones that are sent over with your tax money as long as they aren't bombing us yet. And, of course, that will come down the road since it's going to be a big industry in the U.S. I've got an article here, in fact, where it's being encouraged, I'll touch on that later, that the U.S. is going to pull itself up by the by its bootlaces by building drones. That's a new industry, supposedly. Anyway, as I say, we've got so debased. It's bad enough when you have uh, other countries uh, eating babies or placentas and and I mentioned an article last week about the, the, the golden uh, children, they call them, and you get magic luck and it makes you potent and all that stuff, according to Chinese tradition. But uh, it's bad enough when you have it in your own country. But there's a lot of experimentation going on as well. 
if you look at the articles, there's more to it than meets the eye. And in certain segments of society, um, you do have weird practices, including inside the Western countries. Um, I can remember when Bob Bray became the Premier of Ontario. Uh, fascinating story, Bob Bray, you should look it up yourself. Uh, anyway, he uh, came in with the NDP that, that is slightly left, left wing than more than Marx, actually. And um, he started a lot of the, the communist stuff. However, you find that part of it, he also gave money to to, to the LSBDs, I think they call them, lesbian, straight, and homosexual, and all cross-dressed, and all this. They want to keep, added to, they keep adding to them all the time. You can't keep up. Everybody has got to be in a special group that's going somewhere, because all the old groups have, are going nowhere, you see. So you've got to be in a special group to get special uh, affirmation, and it gets you on in your jobs even nowadays. But what, one of the things he did was to, to open up a theatre for them in, in Toronto, and the first one was about safe bleeding. It was a kind of, it was a partial comedy or, or whatever, but safe bleeding, how you bleed your partner safely while you're having sex with them. And then the other one that Bob Ray, uh, turned up with Bob Ray, uh, thanks to the, the cash money they injected in this theatre, was um, a, a kind of uh, a safe masturbation or something for, for women. And, and the woman just came on stage and, and masturbated with a bucket, apparently. That was a big theatre show. Uh, and so they all have their particular things that go along with their lifestyle. And you can't stop this, even though they should be paying for the, their, with their own cash. Why should public money go into stuff that most folk would never attend or think of attending? But again, we're living in a socialist era, apparently. And it goes on and on and on. And then there was a case in Toronto that broke into the papers where a man came out of a club covered in cuts and bled to death outside the doorway. The police initially thought he'd been attacked, then it found out it was a gay club and he had been doing the so-called safe bleeding with some partners inside and bled too much. But it goes further and further as we go into this bizarro culture or subculture that is spreading in different sectors. I can remember two when even the vampire cults and the Buffy cults were getting pushed all over by the media, and the idiots down below always copy what they see. That's what television is for, for culture alteration. And they ended up having people sucking folks' blood in Toronto because because of TV series, you know. Anyway, Miami police, uh, police shoot him and kill a man who was eating another man's face off, you see. And this is, um, the surveillance video shows apparent shooting that the two men were nude on the ground and one was eating the other. And it says, Miami police are still tight-lipped about the man they shot and killed on the MacArthur Causeway Sunday afternoon, or Saturday. But new details back claims they had no choice. The naked man they shot was trying to chew the face off another naked man and refused to obey police orders to stop his grisly meal which one source now claims included his victim's nose and eyeballs. It says, surveillance video taken from security cameras at the nearby Miami Herald building show a police officer arrive on the scene, appeared to be startled by the spectacle of two naked men lying on the street, and drew his service weapon. It says, appears that the officer shot one of the men, but it was difficult to tell in the video. The bizarre shooting happened shortly after 2 p.m. when police responded to a 9-11 call about two naked men fighting on a bike path along the causeway, which was packed with traffic on a busy holiday weekend. 
the police have not confirmed the details of what happened next, but sources close to the investigation told CBS4 News that officers found one man gnawing on the face of another, and what one police source called the most gruesome thing he'd ever seen. The fight was taking place at the Causeway exit near the Miami Herald building, and amazed officers tried to stop it, ordering the man making a meal out of the other man to stop. The head of the Miami Fraternal Order of Police, they all have their fraternal orders, remember, Armando Aguilar said drugs are at the root of, root of the attack. Now, I think it's a bit more than drugs, son, uh, for that. Let's be honest here. It says, we have already seen uh, three or four cases that are exactly like this. Well, how come it's quiet? Where some people have admitted taking LSD, and it's no different than cocaine psychosis. That's nonsense, because people in the 60s, with all their peace, love, and communes, weren't eating each other back then. This is more than that, because there's a subculture involved in this kind of stuff. This is in the cases Aguilar mentioned. He says people have all taken their clothing off. That's also part of what they often do when they're on ecstasy, by the way. Uh, being extremely violent with what seem to be superhuman strength and even use their jaws as weapons. Extremely strong. He says, I took care of a 150-pound individual who you would have thought he was at 250 pounds. Aguilar said it took six security officers to restrain the individual. Anyway, emergency room doctor Paul Adams agreed with Aguilar, saying similar cases have shown up in the ER. We noticed an increase uh, probably after ultra-fest, Dr. Adams said. So they claim it's a new new drug. However, we've had that in Canada, um, and and the story came out a few years ago with a man on the Greyhound bus, remember? There was a spate suddenly. One, One happened in Greece where a guy cut a guy's head off and walked through the town with it. Just a week after it happened in Canada, where a Chinese fella on a bus um, uh, just got up and started carving up the guy next to him, and then he started eating him. The whole bus was emptied, and police stood around for four hours or more, doing nothing. As the guy continued eating up this other fella. So he he wasn't on LSD then, this guy. So there's more to all of this. And why would you stand out and wait two, you know, four hours or so? Why, why? Why? Was this some kind of experiment going on here? Who ordered them to stay out? I mean, they could have shot the guy through the window. They could have gone in the bus. The guy didn't have a gun. He had a knife. He's carving knife, naturally. But uh, he didn't have anything else. And they could have taken him down quite easily. But no, nope, they stayed outside. So there's more There's more happening. Um, and uh, there's a lot of subcultures involved. And, uh, well, there you go. Uh, start eating each other. Uh, and you want to save this? You think you, can, you think you can save this system? The people are so degenerate now, just from all the all the stuff they, they soak up as movies, and the incredible indoctrination they get at school to do with all kinds of sex. By the way, I mean it's really brainwashed into them as they promote certain segments of society over the rest. And that's what it is, it's promoting certain segments over there. It's not quality for everyone. It's promoting and elevating certain sects of society. I'm sure you all notice that. There's an agenda at work here, you see. Now, we know, too, that the great overseers also want to bring their carbon taxes and so on, like they do with Australia. Australia's in an awful mess now as, as uh, all foreigners have been brought in through their free trade deals because it means under free trade, uh, that started off in London, remember, with the Royal Institute for International Affairs, Milner Group, that, uh, that actually says in the Charter that you can bring in uh, free goods, 
through trade, untaxed, and, and labor. Don't forget the labor part. So they're bringing them in from all over in Australia. But back to this story here with to do with carbon and taxes and, and the weather. The guys who have already got masses of money thrown at them like crazy to, to give us fake graphs and everything else that never turn out to be true. And all made by special computers that give you horror stories. If you, if you, if you fed in something that was really boring, it would turn out a horror story. That's what these special computers are for. Anyway, it says Noah, it says N-O-A-A, and that's what's called Noah, and N-W-S under fire for misappropriated $43 million. Sort of oops, you know. <laughs> so, Jack Hayes, the director of the National Weather Service in N-W-S, Step down Friday in response to investigation that top officials at the Weather Service had misappropriated $43.8 million by giving bonuses and extensions to contractors without proper, proper justification. The Office of the Inspector General for the Department of Commerce, which oversees NOAA, uh, released the report on May 18th uh, detailing an audit of nine contracts that included incentive pay for good work. The contracts have a maximum potential value of $1.6 billion. The investigators said there may be other contracts that provide additional awards from 2008, 9, and 10, but that NOAA was unable to provide a complete and reliable list when requested by the Office of Inspector General. Senator Olympia Snow, the ranking member of Oceans, Atmosphere, Fisheries, and Coast Guard subcommittee, released a statement Friday the same day Hayes that stepped down and a week after the report had been released, it's got the full report if you if you want to go through the, this. Um, uh, what, what can you call it? Really, it's, it's a it's a kind of a, a bit of a news as they obfuscate the real reasons behind it all because there's a lot to hide, obviously. And that's what you've got from the guys at the top that keep asking more dough from you from taxes. And. I'm also putting up tonight, it's an old one, an old article, 1995, but it touches on free trade and because it's an old idea that was born in Britain and Rothschilds actually was involved and others, but uh, it talks about the devastation that occurred in Ireland uh, even in the 1800s by free trade because Rothschilds brought out the, just mention it here, but he brought out the, the new Grain Act basically where they could bring in foreign grain and dump it on your soil to drive uh, farmers out of business. And that's how you do commerce. You understand commerce is nothing like businessmen shaking hands. Commerce is where they look at everybody else, every competitor as an, an, an enemy. And like war, you've got to eliminate your enemy by um, putting him out of business. You're buying him over or cornering a market and starving him of supplies. There's many ways that they do it. And that's how business really is. It's cutthroat. But anyway, it talks about um, what happened 150 years ago. Uh, it's 160 now. It says the British free trade policy, the same policy that that that's, Thatcher was in at the time, and our immaterial still fantastically insists upon, called the genocide of 2 million out of 8 million Irish subjects in four years. In contrast to the Nazis, the British perpetrators of the 1845 to 1849 genocide were not published for their policies, nor did they change them in any way afterwards. And they're quoted statements on that episode of genocide. And remember, this is the time, again, that eugenics was rearing its head, the Darwinian stuff and the whole rest of it. And they had a list out long before this, by the way, by John Stuart Mill, and then his son took over by the same name with the same list, and they had the Irish marked down for eradication. 
and other people too. And it says, um, you recognize precisely the dominant British free trade policies of today, parted by such as Milton Friedman and the neoconservative revolutionaries in our Congress. Ireland has never recovered from British, the British 19th century free trade rule, has only 5 million citizens today, and its scant industrial and agricultural proce- progress in the 20th century is due entirely to the national institutions built by the Sinn Féin movement of 1902-1924, which explicitly opposed British free trade dogma. Mind you, too, they also were plundering Ireland for its cattle and its food to, to pay the British Empire troops to feed them across the world. So that was another reason for it, too. They were taking the food and the, the soldiery were there to guard it all as it, was, as it went on board ships as the folk starved at home. But it's got some good quotes in here to do with people who witnessed the, some of the British elite that witnessed the people starving in Ireland and... Um, it's quite interesting to read who said what, including quotes by Lord Bertrand Russell's uh, forebearers. It says, uh, we do not propose, Prime Minister Lord John Russell told the House of Commons, it says, to interfere with the regular mode by which Indian corn and other kinds of grain may be brought into Ireland. Free trade insisted that the destitute work on the public works or in the workhouses and that these hundreds of thousands should receive wages below the miserable levels prevailing in order not to distort labor market. That's how they worked it out in Ireland then. And Russell's uh, predecessor in his lineage uh, was in charge of that. Thus laborers died in large numbers in the works and in the poor houses. And free trade gave the Irish farm families three choices when the potato crops failed, starve on their farms while selling their grain crops and paying their rent and report to the public works or the poor law workhouses to be worked or starved to death as the Nazis did to the inmates of Auschwitz or emigrate and take a 50% chance of surviving the passage across the Atlantic or, as, as I should add there too, as the communists did uh, than the Soviets did in the Ukraine and elsewhere, even in their own country, they killed off millions of the peasant farmers. Food is very important, folks, and you're watching it all accumulate into the hands of a few. Back with more after this. Hi folks, I'm back cutting through the matrix and I'll also put up tonight, remember as I say, this article, Rebuild Your Local Economy with the Drone Industry. It goes into uh, various US states that are going into it big time, hoping to get work, making parts or complete drones and all of that kind of stuff. Also, the so-called trilateral North American integration process marches onward towards an ever-closing union between the governments of Canada, the U.S. and Mexico. National law enforcement agents are slowly creeping across borders through a variety of shadowy schemes. Going forward, the trend is to set uh, out to accelerate, according to officials who say the government functionaries may soon be able to chase and arrest suspects outside of their own nations, but critics of the controversial plan are fighting back with increasing urgency. And it says that U.S. and Canadian authorities have already spent millions of dollars on pilot projects seeking to blur national borders in the field of policing. Almost 150 so-called cross-border officers have been trained so far, according to a report published this month by Embassy Magazine. 
Meanwhile, the Shiprider program, officially known as Integrated Cross-Border Maritime Law Enforcement Operations, has been active since 2009, when higher-ranking bureaucrats from the U.S. and Canada signed the agreement without even obtaining legislative approval. Well, <laughs> who needs complications? I mean, go ahead. So they went ahead and did it regardless. I'll put this article up tonight as well. And also, half of Detroit is going to go dark, it says. It says... Uh, uh, the 139 square miles containing 60% fewer residents than in 1950 will try to nudge them, and that's what they, they call it, nudging them through a whole bunch of ways, into a smaller living space by eliminating half of its streetlights. And that also means uh, water and sewage and everything else until they, they force you out. As it is, 40% of the 80,000 streetlights are broken in the city, whose finances are to be overseen by an appointed board, can't afford to fix them. Mayor David Bing's plan would create an authority to borrow $160 million to upgrade and reduce the number of streetlights to 46,000. Maintenance would be contracted out, saving the city $10 million a year. Well, if they're contracting it out to, to private enterprise for profit, it's going to be a lot more than that. Like everything else, it's privatized. Also, it's good to hear that some companies are doing well. BMW doubles its capacity in the China with a new plant, a new China plant. And it says it's boosted production with the opening of a second facility in the northeastern city of Shenyang. China already is the company's most important market with awesome potential ahead. And uh, we're expecting double-digit growth in China this year despite a slight cooling in the market, CEO Norbert uh, Reithofer said during the inauguration ceremony in the city's TXC district. Uh, so the new factory will cost BMW 1 billion euros, which is $1.25 billion. And the company's, it's the company's most modern worldwide. They've got, enables the automaker to double its capacity in China to 200,000 units this year. Of course, Ford and, and GM's already over there too big to, in fact, you have to, them to move if <laughs> your tax money made them move. But uh, another one I want to point out too is called, Is China Poor? Key, key questions at the climate talks. Is are all arguing who should pay a share of the carbon and the CO2. Uh, of course, we've ought to do it in, in the first world countries because they still have all these other countries that are up and coming, classed as third world. What a joke. What a joke. Look at the balance of trade between China, the US, Canada and elsewhere. You know, there is no balance of trade. We, we, we sank. There's no balance. We're sunk. On the scales at the bottom, we just plummeted. And China is, is bringing all the, the stuff in, as we darn well know. <laughs> anyway, folks, that's the world as we see it today. Uh, and not as the way the media simply project it to you. Uh, it doesn't look good for us, but people want us all to go under all together. From Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me. Your God or your gods go with you. <laughs>